Hello, friends, and welcome to the Point of Hope podcast. My name is Steve, and this broadcast is brought to you by the Point of Hope Apostolic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, where brighter days begin. Today, we are continuing in our series, Kingdom Principles, and leading our study today is the senior pastor at Point of Hope, Mr. Stephen Gossage. Pastor, welcome. What can you teach us today? Well, we are talking about the third part of the lesson, The Principle of Stewardship, in our Kingdom Principles series. 1 Corinthians 4 and 2 says, Moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So our focus thought is that we need to be good stewards of what God has given us. And I talked about, uh, in our part one, we talked about the role and expectations of a steward. We talked about the three parables uh, that Jesus emphasized to his followers. And then we talked about the same expectations that were in those parables should be applied to us as New Testament believers. We talked about you got to be wise, you got to give an account, and you got to be trustworthy and faithful. And then part two, we talked about the accountability of stewards. And we talked about the five things. How What are we accountable of as sure. stewards? Time, money, prayer, gospel, and the talents. So today I want to talk about two things, but the first thing is about the penalty for poor stewardship. Mm. So if successful stewardship, Steve, involves glorifying God and using things that edifies the church and the kingdom of God, then we can understand that a lack of quantitative increase or qualitative Improvement symbolizes a poor stewardship. Sure. God's resources in the hands of gifted and skilled stewards never fail to increase. So thus, if we understand that, then failure with kingdom resources due to poor management, and it carries a stiff penalty. Well, and it should. I mean, think about your own life. If, you, if your son does chores and he gets $5 in allowance, what do you want him to do with the $5? How disappointed are you if he does something silly or wrong? Bought it all on chewing gum, yeah, Dad. Right. So was it good? Not good enough. <laughs> Chewed it up. Chewed it and up. I spit, spit it out. Yeah, and you got ten <laughs> seconds of enjoyment out of it. And <laughs> uh, I'll never give you that five dollars again. Never. <laughs> so uh, digression. It's a real thing. Yeah, sorry. Uh, the first example of poor stewardship is found in Luke chapter twelve, fifteen through twenty-one, and it's about the fool and his barn. Luke told this sad story of a gifted farmer whose fields brought forth plentifully, but he failed to honor God with his increase. And all he possessed, clearly, it belonged to God anyways first. The soil was created by God. He provided the growing season. He provided the moisture, the seed of the crops, and even the skill of the laborers. And because he was caught in the grip of covetousness, the steward of God's resources decided instead of taking the overflow of the blessing and passing it on within the kingdom, he decided that he should build a bigger barn. So wait, we're talking about the overflow? So beyond what he even needed? Yes. So in the overflow, instead of passing along, as I've said, and I've already said this, that we should receive in the left and give in the right and become a conduit, yep. as it were, uh, an, an open uh, uh, receiver and giver at the same time, 
the fool in his barn decided, no, I'm going to build a bigger barn to house more blessing that you won't even get to use. So he was caught in, in covetousness. He was, he was all over it. And Luke 12 and 20 said, But God said unto me, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So the lesson of this parable is that any steward is a fool who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. But, but to bring it more closer to home, as I've said, God blessed you, and he wants to bless you and I, but he doesn't bless you and I in and of itself. We are meant, as I've said already, as I just alluded to, that what God gives us he doesn't want you to starve. He doesn't want you to live in a in a pauper's home no. or your children to go without shoes. That's not my goodness, that's not what we're talking about. But God blesses you and will bless you. But he also means for you to bless and to give to others. I don't have any problem when I see a Christian that's driving around in a nice car, a Cadillac or Rolls-Royce or anything like that. If I see that and again, in my limited thinking, because it's none of my business by and large. But if I see that they are a giver and a huge giver, I'm saying that's just the resource of God. God blesses and how they're giving. So I, I just want to say this. If you want to be blessed, be a giver. Yep. Now, we are not talking uh, prosperity gospel. Absolutely so not. Don't even, Absolutely write, don't even not. write me letters Thank or anything you. else. I don't want to hear any of that junk. Yes, that's right. We're not talking about prosperity gospel and all these kinds of things. You can't buy things. your way into heaven. You cannot Anybody do that, that tells you that is lying to you. Lying. Yes, that's true. And if they ever ask you to touch the TV and give <laughs> little Bobby's college fund... <laughs> And if they, <laughs> and if they, he takes his jacket off and swings it around, and people are getting, <laughs> and with the little Bobby's college fund that you're going to be sending, I'll send you this nice church pen. I'm going to tell you, don't do it. But, but again, digression yeah, is a bad thing. Sorry, but really, don't do that. Don't don't do yeah. that. Seriously, don't do that. Then the second one is about the fool and his riches. Mark chapter ten, seventeen through twenty two. Another event in the ministry of Jesus centered around another example of, of poor stewardship. There was a man who had great wealth, and he ran to Jesus with the question, mm. said, Jesus, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Perceiving the dilemma, Jesus focused first on the commandments given in the law, that the man, which the man confessed to having observed from his youth. Then the Lord told him, then, to demonstrate your love for God, you need to sell your possessions. You need to give to the poor, and you need to take up your cross and follow Jesus. We know that that young man, as it were, chose not to do that, and he went away sorrowfully, unable to part with his wealth. Now, I don't find, and this, if this is my add to that, I never find that Jesus, in his in his effort to pursue followers and converts, didn't run, excuse me, run after him and say, "Hey, hey, hey, wait a minute. Let me let me just change that a little bit. If you would give less than what you can give, no, he told them the truth and he allowed him to walk away. And then it was his decision yeah. to make the right decision, which he did not. Yeah, well, and that truth never changes. That's right." 
So we don't see anything about that guy ever coming back again. That was unwise. The third example is about the negligent servant found in Matthew 25 and 14. Jesus compared the kingdom of heaven to a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. As we know, we've referenced one servant received five, another two, and the third received one. Jesus revealed the extreme consequence of that poor stewardship found in Matthew 25, verses 28 through 30. Not only was the man with the unused talent taken from the unprofitable steward, and given to the one that had ten, but the servant that had one that buried it, that properly invested, as it were, was cast into outer darkness. And that may seem drastic to some people, the negligent steward into outer darkness, or as we know, he was referencing hell for his poor use of money. However, if these talents were to represent the scriptures, the penalty would be justified. So in other words, the word of God is given to every one of us, and it's available to each in whatever measure his ability, intellect, background, or personality can assimilate and give. So looking at that, the one talent, did he think he was doing the right thing? It's hard to tell. I think that he, th- I think he was trying to justify uh, his intent. Don't you or think rather, we his get lack caught up there. in that sometimes. Sure, there's a lot of people who think that they they think they know something. You know, I've had people say, "Oh, well, you know, I don't, I don't need to believe what you believe or go to church like you do because I'm a good person." Right. And oh yeah. Heard I just, that too. Uh, I get so worried about people who think that less is enough, and that, because what they think they know. Oh, keeps me up some nights no it no absolutely and it does myself as well because it's sad really because you know what's on the other end which is blessing and and heaven as it were i know what's at stake and And, they and they i think they know what's at stake but uh, but what are we talking about they don't have a proper investment into what truth is that's true it's good enough yeah, and that's why. Can I just tell you, good enough is not always good enough. It's not. And to someone who may be listening, if you're wondering why I'm constantly talking to you about this, because if you're listening, you probably know who you are. Right. Uh, I I'm not going to apologize for constantly trying to talk to you about your choices. So. Well, make the right choice. Yes. We just got done teaching about that here in the local there, church. There is too much on the line. Right. Hey, so Steve, the word will not return void. It will prosper and accomplish its purpose when it's properly invested. Amen. I know that. Amen. Isaiah 55 and 11 says that. So there are penalties. We just talked about that. How about let's talk about the rewards of oh, good yeah. stewardship. Again, the good stuff. The payday. So the Bible reveals that there are two types of rewards. Number one, does it matter? Well, let me, before I get into that, how about this? Let's say this. Faithfulness is a key word that's used. It's the basis for all these eternal rewards. Again, 1 Corinthians 4 and 2. This to you and I, listener and Steve, the faithful believer that we're trying to be will be blessed in every area of our life if we, according to Revelations 2 and 10, be thou faithful unto death. The Bible says that he would give us a crown of life. Psalms 31 and 23 says, For the Lord preserveth the faithful. 
So the biblical definition of the word faithfulness includes not only a complete faith in God's word, but it also talks about the action and the obedience to it. Jesus, as we know, he personally ascended into a far country and he entrusted his goods, just like what the parable is saying. He's entrusted his kingdom goods and affairs to us as believers who are able ministers of this New Testament gospel. He's going to return one day, we know, in his second coming, and he's going to call us into account for our stewardship. Wise stewards will joyfully anticipate the day that God calls for them that reckoning mm-hmm. of talent or funds. So the reward of good stewardship starts right here. Number one, you're going to be a ruler over many things. And it's a type here, what we're talking about. So the first type of reward is a rulership. Stewards who've been faithful over a few things will be made ruler over many. Faithfulness in little responsibility merits a position of greater responsibility. That's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. God's principle of stewardship is two-sided. Number one, to everyone who has, more shall be given, and everyone who has not shows a profit, shall lose even that which he has, Matthew 25 and 29. And that familiar declaration, well done, thou good and faithful servant, is repeated twice in the parables of the talents. Interesting that he never uses that in any other type of teaching, Mm -hmm. only with regards to, to stewardship. That should hit home. Each time it's addressed to the steward who showed a profit for his Lord, who made the proper investment and stewardship of the things that we talked about, time, money, the money, finances, the prayer. You understand? All of these different things. And so to be made ruler over many things is a promotion of us as a servant to a higher station in the service of the Lord. And a faithful steward that rules and reigns with Jesus after the resurrection will be the fulfillment of this principle. Amen. All right. And then the second and final thing, and I know uh, uh, we, we got a little bit of time, but I want to talk about you're going to experience the joys of the Lord in this life and in the life to come. The second type is the invitation to enter thou into the joy of the Lord. The the expression that that Jesus was referring to is like a festival held in the celebration of the master's return. Mm -hmm. The Lord's commendation of well done may be earned by even the most impoverished (coughs) of believers because it's given because of faithful service. So what am I saying? What have I been saying? We've got to be a proper steward. We've, we've got to take time out. We've got to get rid of the distractions. We've got to, we've got to put a priority on our time, what we give our money to, right? Because have you, I'm sure you have. When I was a kid, I'd have a $20 bill in my pocket. I felt like it was burning a hole burning in a it. hole. I could not I, wait to go spend I gotta it. I got to blow it. And, and yes, so we are talking about making proper investment financially, right? And then you get somebody who's led of the spirit, in my, in my opinion, that's wise. They can invest your money. But we're not talking about just money. We're talking about your time. We here at Point of Hope, we talk about time tithing. We need to invest our tenth of our finances, the first tenth. We should do that in our time tithing. Mm-hmm. I believe it's all 16.8 hours is the hours of a, 
is the tenth of all the hours of a week, I think is what it is, if I recall right. And I tell people, you come to church in your prayer and your Bible study teaching and whatever thing that you do is under the Lord, that counts towards that. And that happens on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. So there's time tithing that we're talking about. And we talked about that. We sure. referred to that rather. Rather, So all these things, they translate. They translate. And again, living for God is the best life to live. So let me, let me finish off my thoughts for today. God provides you and I with these gifts and these assets to us as servants and followers. But our choices of how we implement these things determine our destiny. So we can study things and science, and we've discovered, in science in particular, we've discovered that every action reaps an option and equal reaction of consequence, right? We know that law. Sure. Paul reinforced that principle in his letter to the Galatians. Galatians 6 and 7 said, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. So how and what as far as the minutia within the kingdom, how we invest it, I think is immaterial as long as you invest it in the kingdom and properly, I might add. The only thing that really is going to matter to the master is how we invested our time, our lives, our finances, our everything, our actions, everything, how we invested in the kingdom because the reckoning is coming. A, a, a fulfilling and a balancing of all accounts is coming. Jesus is coming. Listener, please hear me. If you don't believe in that, I would implore you to get in the word of God and to recognize that he is coming. And there is a positive and a negative reaction of everything you do and don't do. I would ask you, make the right decision. Make the proper investment into the kingdom of God. And you'll find that that kingdom principle of stewardship will translate in the positive, both in this life yeah. and in the life to come. So I got one for you. So what do you, what do you say to somebody who says, well, hey, why do I need to do all this? Because look at that guy over there in his Cadillac with all his money. He's not a believer. He's not doing anything. And he's got money. Sure. And maybe he's a doctor. Sure. And it just looks like his life is going so well. He's not doing any of that. Well, I would bet if you got into their life, you'd find out that it's very unfulfilled. Yeah, which is probably why they have the boat and the tent houses because they're looking for that. Do thing. you get? I mean, that's exactly what yeah. it is. So, just I, I guess I just I don't want anybody to be discouraged by looking around and being in this constant comparative battle where you're looking at haves and haves not, you know, have nots. Well, I think it was Paul that said that, um, and I referenced because trying to pull a scripture at my older age sometimes doesn't come, but I do reference that. He said, he said something like, uh, whatsoever state that I'm in there, therefore be content. So in other words, um, if you can find joy in the investment in the kingdom and you don't have what that person that you, uh, hypothetically, sure. uh, characterize, it doesn't mean they're happy. Doesn't mean what well, you know. What blows my mind is that I see professional athletes and people the, of of great influence, and they suffer from depression. Right. So, in other words, they're still human. Mm-hmm. They're still looking for something, and and it goes to show what we've said already in previous podcasts. 
that the things of this world don't satisfy. Yeah, what a, does satisfy? Mm-hmm. What brings contentment is is investing properly in the kingdom of God. The Bible even says that when you compare yourselves among yourselves, you're unwise. Yep. So, so let me just say this, and I guess in final, final PSPS <laughs> is that if you're happy and God has blessed you, and you just feel like you're full and you're investing in the kingdom of God, I'm going to tell you something. Embrace it. My God, don't beat yourself up and say, "Man, I wish it." Hey, listen, have goals. Reach the goals, but in all they're reaching, if you lose out and forget about God, it ain't God. Nope. So uh, here it is. Love God. Trust God. Let God bless you. And in that, if you can find that wholesome reality of, of feeling like I am somebody in him in my giving, I promise you, you're not going to go without. You won't. When you put God first, this is what I say. Put God first and everything else will take care of it. In your finances, in your home, in your relationships and everything, if you put God first, he'll bless everything that you find important because you've put him first. And nothing can make you richer than that. Right. Well, that's all the time we have for this study today. I pray this was a blessing for you and that you will join us as we continue to study God's word. Please send this podcast to a friend, share a link on social media, like our Point of Hope Facebook page, or even better, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you like and enable notifications so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you, Pastor, for leading us today, and thank you all for listening.